Hiya, Graham Norton here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose for another podcast. Let us get cracking. TV producer Fenton Bailey is talking all things TV in his new book Screen Age and gives us an update on DragCon 2024. Daisy Haggard and Patterson Joseph chat to me about their brand new BBC drama Boat Story. Show chef Martha has wings. She's covered them in Marisa as well. And Maria McCurlin is rustling through your letters, ready to pick two of your dilemmas to solve in Graham's Guide. Looks like she's got them. Well, hello, Maria. Uh, welcome to the world, your book. Your book's yes, in the world now. thank you very much. Yeah, um, it's on shelves and everything. I know. I Are you going into shops and moving into the front? Knocking every other book <laughs> off the shelf. Richard Osman. Yes, <laughs> number one. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I've been running around doing lots of publicity. You know all of this. You have to do it. And that's good. Was up in Steph's pack lunch yesterday. In Steph's pack lunch. <laughs> Ooh, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> I was up at, in Leeds. I love her. She's such a lovely... She is really... A, and you know what? It's a good show. It's a great show. But it just never found its audience. It did yesterday, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And after I mean, I... nobody watches. I mean, uh, a lot of people watch it. <laughs> and after I finish here, I'm going off to the um, in Bedford Street. There's a there's a book fair, Graham, and I'm at it. I'm a, I'm at this book fair, and it is in the Right On Comedy Festival, and it's the club for actors in 20 Bedford Street. I'll be there from one. Come along if you want to. And what what are you doing? Just... Signing books. Oh, signing books. I chatting to people. Lovely. You love that. Telling people I'm not as old as I look. <laughs> yeah, flicking, flicking through the pictures in the book. Like, stop, stop animation. Yes, yeah. trying to find a plastic surgeon. Um, and then, you know, lots of people keep saying to me, on I get tweets and things, why don't you and Graham do a show yes. together? And I say to them, because A, Graham doesn't need to, and B, he doesn't really like me. That's um, that. It, that's, this is just a showbiz uh, friendship. Act, yeah. Yes, it's an act. But anyway, we are going to do that. Yes, we are. On the 10th of December at the yes, Fortune Theatre. Is that where Woman in Black used to be for a thousand years? I don't... Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes because I don't know. I think the Fortune is the one just up from the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. OK, it's very close. Yeah. But, you know, at 7.30, Graham will be interviewing me. Yes, I will. And um, t- tickets, I think, are on sale at the end of next week. Yeah, yeah. And I intend to make you cry and, uh, and get a big revelation. Oh, yeah. do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, looking, we're looking for headlines on Monday. Yeah. So it's a Saturday night, right? Here's your English teacher. We have well, it's here, a Sunday night. Mr. Shiner. Yes, it's a Sunday. So it's a school night, so it starts at 7.30, 10th of December. Okay. Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday yeah. night. Tell me 10th. about your week, please. What's happened? I haven't even seen your show. It wasn't on. Oh, that's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, yes, it was Children in Need. Well done, Vernon. No, I, I mean, well done, Vernon. Oh, he was very cryy. I think, you but know... But you would, but you... That is... It's, no human should be able to do that or have to do it. It's crazy, I think, the things they make. But each do. year they have to kind of uh, go a bit further, don't they? Yeah, it scares me because I kind of think one year is going to be Well, you too asked far. to do something one year. I mean, you know, like in an endurance thing, I lying think... on your sofa for four days. No, I think one year I, they want me to cycle round Scotland on a tandem bike with uh, with David Williams. Okay. I said no. Did you say you'd do it with anyone other than David Williams? No, I think I spoke to someone uh, who knew something about cycling and they said, that wasn't possible. You can't cycle around Scotland on a tandem without right. killing yourself. It's so much harder. Yeah. But no, you did do one one year. You had a cha- an endless guest rotation of your chat show. I know. I mean, it seems like that is my chat show. But no, it was a, <laughs> it was a very, very... Uh, 
long and for a minute there I had a Guinness World Record for the most questions asked in a chat show or something. How long did that Guinness World Record last? Well not long because some lunatic uh, television presenter in some other country somewhere in the world went I'm going to break that record so they they, My goodness you put a challenge out there and someone always wants to top you don't they? Yeah I bet you can't I bet you uh, no, no. I bet you will buy. No, I, I, I'm trying to think. What, what would the challenge be to make people buy your book? I don't, if I, people buy my book, I will kiss them on the lips despite any sexual harassment claims <laughs> there might be afterwards. I say fooey to that. <gasps> Come on, Bedford Street. Oh, no. I forgot I'm doing that book fair. Yeah. Ah! You could be wrapped in cling film when you get there. <laughs> with just eyes. Holes cut out for your I eyes. I feel like I'm wrapped in cling film with holes cut out for my eyes. That's how I look today. It's what I've chosen to wear. It's exciting. When did it actually come out? Thursday or Friday? It came out yesterday, That's 17th. What I That's yes. what I yes. Published yes. by Great Northern Books, and you can buy it on their website as well. I, I You're have, on it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm very, very, very impressed. Thank you for your endless plugging. Uh, congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, now, I'm afraid I'm going to ask you to read something that isn't your book. Uh, <laughs> it, I'm going to ask you to read some letters. Okay. Virgin Radio. Dear Graham and Maria, I have a teenage daughter with an active extracurricular diary. There's another mother who is constantly asking me to ferry her daughter around too, but never returns the favour. It only adds an extra ten minutes per journey, but that's ten minutes each way every time, and I'm fed up. I really don't mind if it's an emergency or occasional, but I work full-time, value the time with my daughter, and I feel like a taxi service for her daughter. If she could reciprocate, that would be better. But to be honest, I'm happy just driving my daughter around so that we can have this precious time together. It's the end of the problem, surely. How can I get myself out of this loop? That is from Louisa in Harrogate. Oh, it's lovely Harrogate. Yes, isn't it nice? Lovely. I was oh, very lovely. close there yesterday. Oh. I was in Leeds. Oh, the driving. The driving is lovely. <laughs> um, Louisa in Harrogate. I think what you say at the end of your letter is very telling because, to be honest, I'm happy just driving my daughter around so we can have this precious time together. And it is precious time together and a lot of teenagers don't want to hang out with their parents. Yes, there's an ulterior motive for her. You're taking her from A to B and C to D but um, you're doing a kind thing we don't know what the other daughter's mother's situation is we don't know what's going on in her life but I would say if this is going to be a regular occasion if there's a sort of every Wednesday or every Thursday morning whatever you do a timetable and then you just suggest very kindly to the other mother um, do you mind if we do a rotor because I've got quite a lot on at work at the moment and it's only an extra 20 minutes but it makes a difference you know you try and and if she says I just can't uh, or I haven't got a car. <laughs> yeah, suddenly to reveal. Oh, actually, uh, I've done, done, been done for drink driving, and uh, yeah, I can't. Um, so I think it's it's something you could suggest, but I don't think it's something you need to make a massive issue about. Because look, Louisa and Harrogate, you spend precious time with your daughter. All right, there's someone else in the car uh, being annoying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that time will soon be gone. That time will soon be gone. They're teenagers now; they will fly. This is a great time for you 20 minutes of your day think of it as important bonding time with your daughter for future yeah and also your daughter probably might become just a big sullen lump if her friend isn't there because the friend probably makes her behave a bit better <laughs> 
I like the fact you've already written the daughter off as well, no, I'm a just sullen saying, lump. Well, no, I'm just saying that, you know, the fact that they're in the, they're in this car together, they're probably chatting on, there's probably more conversation. Whereas if it's just her and the mum, they'll be like, oh, stupid mum, and just rolling your eyes. Yeah, and not talking. Whereas actually, if they're chitty-chatting, you're finding out what's going on in their lives. Which of their classmates are having babies. Which ones are are about to go to prison. Um, We started an OnlyFans. (laughs) Yeah, really. Which one? You know, it's important for you to keep keep track of what's going on in your daughter's life. I mean, I do think it's worth just... Uh, maybe because the thing is, Louisa, if you constantly do this, why would she? Why would she you know, say you're she'll... not? You're not going to go. Oh, I bet you know. You just kind of think it's not great that you know Louisa and Harrogate. She's gorgeous, so nice. She always gives my kid a lift. So why don't you just see what happens if you go? Oh, by the way, just get heads up next Wednesday. I can't do it. Can you bring my daughter? Yeah, and see what the reaction is. Now, if she looks like you've just kind of sapped her with a wet fish, then then you know that, oh, actually, she is just a user. But if she goes, oh, God, not a problem, of course, uh, you know, at any time, please ask me, then you know that actually you've made this problem in your head. Because you're not going to volunteer to do it, are you? Because you do it. Well, you kind of should at some point. You could say to her, you know, she surely would say to her daughter, who's taking you? Oh, Louisa's mum. No, Louisa. Thingy's mum. But... Thingy. I don't know the name of the daughter. But anyway, I think, yes, it's worth... It strikes me that they're all busy, so maybe not seeing each other, but maybe just pop a text saying, having trouble with next Wednesday, can you do it? Yeah. And then there'll be a vomiting emoji sent back. The responses, part one. My favourite responders today will be getting a number one Florentine-inspired panettone. Mmm, comes in a box with a big ribbon. It's an Italian cake with Sicilian candied orange peels, sultanas and candied cherries with a caramel filling topped with chocolate, hazelnuts, almonds, candied orange peel and freeze-dried cherries. Mmm. Richard in Tunbridge Wells. Oh, my goodness. He has climbed upon the moral high ground. Why can't you do something just for the sake of doing a nice, helpful thing without having it to be reciprocated? Maybe that's a better lesson to show your daughter that good deeds make the world a nicer place. Well, uh, enjoy your rarefied air, Richard. (laughs) I mean, yes, in principle, you're right, but come on. Uh, Louisa, I feel your pain. I was taken advantage of by another mother when my two girls were younger. I constantly chauffeured her children around and cooked them tea every week. Wow. Uh, There was no way the other mother was going to help out, but to be honest, I would just suck it up. The world is full of takers. You are setting a good example to your daughter, helping the other mother out, and it isn't worth getting stressed about because the situation won't change. And also, it doesn't sound like it's hell. It's, you know, 10 minutes out of your day. Louisa's daughter may be proud her mom is doing the drive if if friends with the other girl. She may be mortified if she knows her mom is getting grumpy about it, especially if she causes a fuss with the other mom. Uh, The other child may also feel bad. Children have feelings as well. Regards, Sharon. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give the number one Florentine-inspired panettone to Sue from Somerset just to make up for all that work you put in and uh, all the teas you had to make. There you go. Uh, before you be- read oh, that letter, yes. uh, I must read this. AJ in Bedfordshire. Hi, Graham. Loving your show as always. Thanks, AJ. Just wanted to read that. 
Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, thanks, AJ. <laughs> no, he loves my show. Uh, could you please ask Maria if oh. she will be releasing her book as an audiobook, ideally read by her? Thanks. Imagine it was somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Felicity Kendall. Um, yes, um, AJ, there will be, but a, a little bit later. Um, I think maybe towards the middle or end of December. Um, and I will do it myself. In time for Christmas. In time for Christmas. Lovely. Once Gorgeous. I've had my vocal cords tightened. Yes, yes youthified. <laughs> Hello. Hello, I'm Felicity Kendall. <laughs> oh, Tom. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. She doesn't break them. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll be asking for more of those on the 10th of December <clears throat> at the Fortune Theatre. Uh, off you go. Very good. Oh, you're good, Graham. Dear Graham and Maria, I have been happily married to a farmer for over five years now, and I love my husband very much. We have a lovely relationship in all ways except one. I'm also a breast cancer survivor of over seven years and have no children as a result of the cancer treatment. I'm a secondary teacher, secondary school teacher, I'm guessing, and I'm lucky enough to have the long summer holidays. But unfortunately, this time off work is something I now dread. Since our marriage, my husband has refused to go abroad for a holiday, citing commitments to do with his livestock as the main reason. I feel I deserve a holiday not just because we can afford it, but because I work hard and need some time away to recoup. I will add here that before we were married, we did go abroad together. He says he doesn't like flying, so I've mentioned alternative ways to travel instead, such as Eurostar, but nothing suits. He also has very demanding parents who live on the farm and rely on him for everything in capitals. This summer, I got so frustrated with my husband's refusal to even consider a few days abroad that I booked a holiday for single travellers. I discussed it with him ahead of the booking and he didn't really like it but could give no real argument against it it's for seven days my own room women only with a guided series of day, days and sightseeing etc but now I am worried that I've made a mistake I didn't ask him to contribute to the holiday and will pay the balance myself so finances are not the issue here I spoke to my mum about it and she was shocked that I'd taken this step and I wonder whether it's just her generation or whether I'm being a bad wife. If I cancel the holiday now, I will lose £200 deposit, but at least I won't have paid the full balance and lost that. If I don't go, my husband gets what he wants, me at home, waiting for him to come home each day. If I go... Will I be okay? Will I be lonely? I feel I've got myself into a bit of a pickle. What do I do? Stay or go? Rosanna from Surrey. Rosanna from Surrey, I am hugging you and stroking you. Do not cancel your holiday. Do not cancel your holiday. Go and enjoy <laughs> it. You know, five years you have been at home. You're recovering from breast cancer. Um, he has, yes, he's got a farm and demanding parents. There are ways around these things. You know, he must have people who work on the farm who can cover his livestock for him. The parents are another um, another matter. Maybe there are siblings who can come in and help. He doesn't want to go. But why should you be denied? This will be a lovely time. You'll have something to bring to the party when you get back. Something to chat about that's different. Yes, I had a lovely time. I met this wonderful woman. He's got no reason to worry. You're going to a women-only place and you have your own room and it will be gorgeous. You've already paid the deposit. I would say... Just go. It will just give you a window onto your world and and make you look and think, why am I why am I dancing to his tune all the time when actually I want to be dancing to my own occasionally? I know you're gonna disagree with yep. me, Graham. Yep. Oh well you uh, which century were you born in? I'm I'm with uh, Rosanna's mom. Why? Well, I just think 
it's such a kind of it's so it's such a challenging thing to do. It's such kind of a big gesture. I feel seven days. She's only going for a week. She's going with a women's holiday for a week to, because she needs some time. She's a breast cancer survivor. She needs to recoup. What's she doing in the holidays? Waiting for him to come home every night. What? 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 Do something then, Rosanna. You've got the whole day. Like, uh, what's her obsession with going abroad? That's the thing I don't understand. If you want to go on holiday... Her obsession is because he won't. Yeah, That's what ho- it is. yeah, so dance to... You know, you have his tune, her tune. I'm saying <coughs> their tune. They need to find a tune they can enjoy together. Yes. And I, I suggest the Northumberland coast. I've heard it's delightful. <laughs> uh, very nice. Uh, so I just feel like there's lots of things you can do, Rosanna, before you pack your bag and, st- you know, storm out. Kind of, I'm going on holiday by myself then. You know, because you went into this eyes open. You married a farmer. His parents didn't just magic up from somewhere. They've been sat there going, you know, feed us with the, like birds in, birds in a nest the whole time. So you knew all this was there. Like I've, the parents in Willy Wonka yeah, from their bed. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel like, Rosanna, come on. You, you've got these long holidays, which is great. Use them. Do something with them. Travel around. There's Get involved been... in the farm. You know, just... She, yeah. She's involved in the farm for all of that time. She's the summer holidays. We don't know what the last five years have done. Maybe they have gone to the Northumberland coast. Maybe they have done days out here, days out there. But he is adamant that he doesn't want to go abroad. This is you saying, OK, well, I do. Then go. You book the holiday. Do, he yeah. says yes, go. He says yes, go. Don't no, he stop. didn't say yes, go. Well, he was not happy about it. But yeah. then he'll miss you no, and that's he'll, good. No, he, if you wasn't happy about it before you go, he'll be livid when you get back. Trust me that it's going to be, it's all, it's going to take a, a long time to recover from this holiday. I think you're really overreacting. It's a week when a woman is going away, leaving her husband, who is perfectly capable, to look after his livestock and his parents. Um, where's the big deal, I Graham? I would say, Rosanna, do a little bit of negotiation. Kind of go, I absolutely hear what you're saying. I know that you don't want to be too far away from the farm. So let's go to the Isle of Skye this year. And uh, next year we'll try uh, the Channel Islands. And then we might try Brittany. And then, you know, just... Uh, What is is he, a six-year-old? No, go. You had the guts to book the holiday. You've paid the deposit. Now you're getting cold feet. Don't listen to your mum. Go. You're an independent woman, regardless of who you're married to. Have a lovely time and have a look at your life while you're there. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Maria's... Maria, out. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Have a look at your life while you're well, there. Well, I think there's there's greater problems here, aren't there? I just think stare into the eyes of a calf. <laughs> You'll experience love again. The responses part two. And yet again, my favourite responder will be getting that number one Florentine-inspired patatone, courtesy of Waitrose. Uh, Pedro from Colal. Morning, Graham. I find myself in the strange position strange position of agreeing with Maria, not you. Oh, hello. I went to Tenerife for my own in October. Was nervous, but loved it. Learn a bit of the lingo when you're going and the hotel staff will love it. Get yourself a city break booked for Christmas and treat yourself. Now, Pedro, I think the issue isn't going on holiday by yourself. That's you know, knock yourself out. The issue is, what's she coming home to? And, you know, uh, is it slightly declaring war? That was my point. But I may well be wrong. 
Uh, Rosanna should definitely go on her trip. I work at Royal Marsden Hospital at the aseptic pharmacy and I'm surrounded by cancer. Life is too short and she should do what she loves, which seems to be travelling. After she is back, she can again give her full attention to hubby, in-laws, etc. That's in London. Uh, Kath in Norfolk says, You married a farmer. What on earth did you imagine? A farm with no children is a problem, so maybe consider the things your husband has accepted and bring the same grace to your relationship. All right, Kath. Uh... I am a farmer's daughter and literally had to learn how to go on holiday as it wasn't part of my upbringing. My advice, go on your holiday, but then start with some baby steps, mini breaks in the UK, and once he gets used to two, three days away from the livestock, then short try short trips away to Jersey or Ireland. In the meantime, do not give up on your holiday as clearly travel and rela- relaxation is important to you. If you stop going, he will never even try to change. That is a very good advice indeed. Uh, Nancy in Cumbria, you're getting the Florentine-inspired uh, Panettone courtesy of Waitrose. There you go. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Welcome to the show, Mr. Fenton Bailey. Hello. So good to see you. Uh, lovely to see you. Yes. Now, the book, Screen Age, it's your story, but it is also the story of World of Wonder. And the story of TV. That I think, too. You know, yeah. the way TV has sort of changed our lives, especially, I guess, unscripted and reality TV. Yeah, but also, I don't know. So let's go back to the beginning, because I was mentioning that you're, you know, a lot of people will remember uh, the Adam and Joe mm. show and take over TV and that kind of world. So was that your beginnings in TV? It was, because... Uh, we actually, Randy and I had a cable show, a public access cable show in the States called Flaunt It TV. And that's how we kind of got into public access. And all those weird and wacky shows that were on in New York, that became Manhattan Cable. And out of that came Takeover TV because uh, Channel 4 commissioning editor said, oh, well, can't you, can't you make an English version of this? You know? Yeah. And you were on Takeover TV? I was, but my friend Stefan. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but... So, because it makes sense that you guys you you met you met in New York, didn't you? Yeah, you and Randy, Randy and I met at film school. Yeah, um, like sort of the second day I was there. Wow! And I was like, "Who is that handsome American?" <laughs> no, really. I mean, <laughs> it was a bit of a romance thing. And, and so I get that you'd met there. You kind of think, "Ooh, we've mm. got something special to sell to the UK." You yeah. had you were the kind of the keepers of a secret that you could tell us. Yes, anarchy, basically. Yeah. Then how come you went back to America? What was that about? Well, um, we were supposed to, yes, I mean, I I just like America, I suppose, you know, and I I sort of felt that uh, just personally I could be myself in America. And there was something ever since I was like six and watching Batman and Robin on TV or a little bit later watching uh, Sunset Boulevard or, you know, play about Quentin Crisp who moved to America just America was this sort of mecca it just seemed somehow had to get there you know and it seems like you really get it because you you seem to be I, I, I've been saying this all morning as I was kind of saying you were coming on that you're always kind of there that kind of zeitgeisty moment that kind of big sex scandal or the big tabloid story <laughs> right but when you do the, these documentaries, you know, you've, you've worked with Britney and uh, Monica Lewinsky and, all, you know, all these various people over the years. How do you get them on side? How do they know? And it's true. You don't exploit them. You don't kind of end up... It never feels queasy watching these programmes. And I wonder, how do you communicate that before 
they then see the finished product i don't know how how we do it in the sense that you just have to sort of we just put our cards on the table and say this is what we're doing and then hope for the best in the sense that maybe they'll trust you and because in a way if they don't trust you they're not going to open up themselves you know so you really do need that trust and there's been plenty of times where people have said um thank you very much no not going to do that so um but generally i think if you're just honest yeah. uh um we're just enthusiastic about them and um, what was your first big get was it tammy faye or- it was it was tammy faye and she was living in palm springs her second husband was in jail and she was alone in palm springs and and tammy's a very sociable person and when we showed up with a camera i think she was like oh well this will this will fill the time for a few months. Uh, And she was very trusting. She said, as she signed the release, I remember she looked at us and said, you're not going to make fun of me, are you? And we were like, no, we're not. But she, she kind of didn't really mind... She loved the film, I think. She and also, did, she got uh, made fun of herself. Well, exactly. This is Tammy Faye, the TV yeah. evangelist. Who, now her story's a musical going to Broadway. A musical going to Broadway. A Oscar award-winning film with Jessica Chastain. Did you get oh, an Oscar out of that? I personally did not. Oh, no! No, it's I fine. Thought, I thought you were an executive producer Jessica, or something. Yes, yes, but it's not my Oscar. I don't get oh, one. I thought the producer's got an Oscar. Do you know, though, that the, it's two, two Oscars. One for hair and makeup. And I think that's really a posthumous award to Tammy Faye because it was her look that Jessica so brilliantly captured at that that look that Tammy was laughed at for her whole life, yeah. you know? And that, that the movie where she was played uh, by Jessica Chastain is based on... It's your, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, it's your Because we said to Jessica, like, you don't need us to make uh, your film. And she was like, no, no, I want to make a film of the documentary, which was kind of nice. That is amazing. But now you say, I should ask about getting that Oscar. Yeah. Like, uh, you know. A little honorary one. Yeah. Um, because that happened to you again with Party Monster, where it was a, a documentary became a film. Yeah, well, you know, doing the documentary is a great way to research the story. Um, and we wrote the part for Macaulay Culkin. And just explain who the Party Monster was, because oh, a lot of people okay. a lot of people right, yeah, Michael Ailig. I know, we're, t- we're talking about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we know we're right. talking about Exposition. Yeah, yeah. Michael yeah. Ailig was king of the club kids, which was a movement in the 90s that became a sort of international phenomena. They were very Lee Barry-esque, I would say. Yeah. You know, crazy hair, makeup, kind of ridiculous. And then Michael spiralled into drug addiction and murdered his friend and drug dealer, Angel. And so we made a documentary about this whole underground scene and then turned it into a movie. Wrote the movie for Macaulay Culkin to play Michael Ailig. And Macaulay had retired from making movies. He wasn't going to do it. Um, But Seth Green came along and said, I love this script. I want to play James St. James and got Macaulay Culkin out of retirement. So RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, This is World of Wonders crowning achievement. Uh, How many franchises are there around the world now? Well, we're in 17 countries and there's 24 different versions out there. That's, Um, I mean, it's on... Believable, because this was the little the little train that could. Absolutely, I mean, we started on Logo in two thousand nine, and and thank goodness we did, because I I don't think anyone thought to cancel the show. You know, it was so small and tiny. <laughs> and when people look at season, season one, one, I mean, it looks like it was filmed in Rue's garage. Uh, correct. Yes, <laughs> um, it's all out of focus, but that's actually a substitute for having lights. You know. uh, 
And now, so it's so it's in all these territories, and obviously it's in the UK, and uh, we're just coming up to the final of season five. That's right, yeah. Good luck, everyone. Mm. Um, but in January, you do these things. They're, drag, they're called DragCon. Right, RuPaul's DragCon. Uh, and it's coming up January 13th and 14th. That's Saturday correct. and Sunday. Yeah, correct. It's a weekend. But, but on the Friday night, there's a sort of opening where the cast of season five, UK season five, will be in person performing. Oh, wow. So that's kind of a, a scoop. And we've got the Teletubbies coming. Um, <laughs> it's the largest <laughs> gathering of queens in international history from the franchise. So there's wow. 175 queens coming from 13 different countries. Uh, and and then on the Saturday morning, Michelle is hosting live from the Pink pink carpet, the Queen's Walk. So all the queens enter um, and Michelle is hosting that live. The, the one person alive who knows who they all are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd know about three of them. Is that? Because they never look the same. No, it's very think, confounding. Even the ones you love, you're kind of like, who's that? Is, well, no, is it? Uh, and so that, and then if people haven't been, they all have their own little booth, Absolutely. the queens, yes. and you find your favourite one. Photo ops, merch, wigs, hair, makeup, um, and the Teletubbies. Did I mention the Teletubbies? You did. Um, the Teletubbies were there last time. Yes. Why are they there? Love the Teletubbies because they're, they're sort of, I see them as pioneers, they're icons, they're pioneers, <laughs> and I, I'm sure they wouldn't mind if I said they were drag queens too. I mean, look at those outfits. I know, well, one of them did have a handbag. Uh, yes, right, <laughs> Tinky Winky. And, I can't believe you know that. Of course. Um, and scandalised America because Jerry Falwell, the oh, yeah. Enemy of Tammy Faye, the rival televangelist, yeah. denounced uh, the Teletubbies as a, as a negative influence on American culture. Uh, uh, family values, you yeah. know. Mm. Uh, and in terms of family, I, one of the things I really liked about DragCon is, so y you think you're there to see all the drag queens, but mm. really I felt like everyone there was there to meet each other. Because... Yeah. They they found their tribe. You found your tribe, and you it, we love it because you can see the audience of the people who watch yeah. the show, and it's like grandfathers and kids and teenagers, and and it's really sort of multi gen. Everybody comes, and you can. It's a big safe party environment, you know. It is really lovely. It must be very special for you to kind of look out at that, like because it's very rare that a TV thing you get to see what it's built. Well, there's always, you know, a drag queen down on aisle five. There's always some, like, crisis <laughs> ha uh, happening. But it is it is really joyous. And Rue often DJs on the main stage. And it it's just this sort of celebration. Because I think there's so much, um, you know, polarised political nonsense going on right now. That, yeah. that people just need to be able to come together. And, and last year, of course, uh, very kindly, you were there. Um, we were talking. We were um, having a chat. We were doing, talking about Screen Age once again. <laughs> the book that keeps on giving. There you go, exactly. <laughs> um, and how, it, you must look forward with, with Drag Race. Like, what's what's its future? What, what How many high-heeled, uh, it's high-heeled legs? What? Uh, hopefully on and on. Hopefully it's got legs, right? And, and just will go on legs. and on. I mean, it's been around forever. You no, know, I went to see, uh, over the summer, I went to see the Barbie movie. And... 
everybody there was dressed in pink or doing some kind of Barbie drag. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a drag queen experience. And so hopefully everyone will come to understand that drag is 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 for everybody. It, the, I, you know, RuPaul says, you're born naked and the rest is drag. I mean, it's not he's not wrong, is he? Mm, no. no. No, he's not. No, it absolutely and is I, true. I love that salmon colored number you're wearing. And so, I love your uh, blue, alternate blue striped top. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I went full drag this morning. Full drag. Uh, the name of the book is Screen Age, How TV Shaped Our Reality from Tammy Faye to RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, Fenton Bailey, thank you so much for coming to talk thank to us. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll see you in January at DragCon. Can't wait. Woohoo! Still two guests to come. I'll be chatting to Daisy Haggard and Patterson Joseph about their new TV drama, Boat Story. But first, it's lunchtime. Hello, Martha. How are you? I'm very, very well. Uh, so, what do you bring us today? Today, we're starting on, in part, getting into that party season kind of mood. So something that might work well as a little bit of a buffet. We've got some Harissa hot wings mm. with a Stilton sauce. Oh, yeah. Now, I have to say, uh, because you got in a bit early, early during the song I thought I can't resist I'm going in I'm going in I don't think you could serve these at a party it looks like it looks like a crime scene back here they are delicious but uh, but I mean they it, are messy I made sure I brought it, you napkins yes. I do feel like I've been working on a car uh, <laughs> it's the beauty of a chicken wing oh lovely we have amazing, some amazing chicken wing shops in Brighton and I have to sometimes put us on a ban from going because it's just too good and but I feel like this is a bit of a hack because you can make them at home and they're yeah, suddenly, pretty uh-oh. nice so yeah but this is this is a dangerous recipe they are delicious and I have to say because I think people will hear Harissa and a lot of people if you haven't used it you just assume oh that's gonna burn my mouth off yes and it's really not like that, is it? It's a nice subtle heat. I think traditional kind of wings in this kind of style are buffalo wings, which are cayenne pepper, quite a lot of vinegar. They're quite acidic and quite spicy. Yeah. Um, but harissa is, yeah, much more gentle heat. And it's got, it's rose harissa. So it's got a bit of rose infusion in there. Yeah. It won't blow your head off. And then it's served with this very cooling dip that's got little chunks of Stilton in it to just add a little bit of saltiness and just to mellow out all of those spicy flavours. Because there is that thing now where people, it's almost like a dare, isn't it? How hot can you make chicken (laughs) wings? wing roulette. (laughs) you do them all. I should have imagined if I'd done that today, that would have been funny. (laughs) (laughs) My lips are all all kind of (laughs) swollen up. I'm like, David Haggard, I'm Madison Joseph. Uh, Welcome to the show. Uh, very good. Uh, off we go. How do we make harissa hot wings with Stilton sauce, Martha? So these are, it's actually a really nice, simple recipe, which works really well if you're doing a party because you can stick them in the oven and just know that they are crisping up and there's no deep frying or any of that involved. We're baking the chicken wings. So you want to take two packs of Waitrose. These are the Dutch organic chicken wings. And I'd say they're really worth getting the best ones you can for this recipe because they are huge. <laughs> they're and delicious. They're properly big, which means they stay really juicy inside. They don't get dry, and that works really nicely with the bake. So they get tossed in some corn flour and some salt and pepper, brush them with a little bit of olive oil, and then arrange them on a baking tray, and then into a hot oven about 200 degrees for 45 to 50 minutes. So they have a nice, long, crispy bake whilst we make the two sauces. So we are covering them in a harissa and honey glaze. So we're taking Waitrose Cook's ingredients, rose harissa, you want three tablespoons of that, mix that with some clear honey and season that with salt. Then once your chicken wings are out of the oven, you want to put them in a really big bowl and do some really good tossing. Oh yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) Just like 
up in the air, get them all nice <coughs> and covered and coated, and they make this lovely sound, like they're all like crunching together. Tip them onto a bowl, and then for the dipping sauce, we've gone for something really cooling just to kind of be a nice foil to that spice. So we've got sour cream, which is going into a bowl with some pomegranate molasses for a little bit of tang and some chives. And then the star of the show is Long Clawson Stilton. Okay. So the feature in the Waitrose Food Magazine, which is where this recipe is found, is all about Stilton. You can read about the cheesemaker. You can find out how the Stilton is made. Um, and Stilton can only be made in one very specific region of the country. So if you're from Leicestershire or Nottinghamshire or Derbyshire, then you have won, <laughs> won the cheese lottery because you're the only place you can make Stilton. Okay. No one else can be claiming it. Can, but can people make something that tastes exactly the same? <laughs> but just can't call it something. They Stilton. have to call it a different name. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the process and the ingredients all have to come from a certain area for it to be given the official title. And this Long Clawson Stilton is a really lovely one. It's not as strong as some of the other Stiltons. No, I must say it's not as kind of like back of your nose. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Stilton is quite bitter or it's extremely pungent, but this is a, a more mellow one. They just The cheesemakers describe it as a bit more mellow, a bit more creamy, and a Stilton to convert the non-Stilton amongst us. I would concur. I would concur <laughs> with that, yes. And especially when you're mixing it into a creamy sauce. It just adds a lovely salty, kind of tangy kick, which works really well. So that, crumble that up into your sauce, give it a nice good old mix, then put that into a little bowl, stir it up maybe with a little bit of celery or some little crudite to dip oh, in yes, as well. yes, yes. And you've got yourself a nice little party piece. That is lovely. That's a proper, do you know what, if you had enough napkins, or maybe put down uh, some rubber sheeting. <laughs> some plastic uh, you, sheeting. <laughs> you, you could, you could could uh, eat that while watching the telly. Wouldn't that yes. be lovely? Yes. Oh, very nice. Oh, lovely. Glass of red wine, movie on, the fire lit. Ooh. <laughs> in your matching aprons, ready <laughs> to protect everything. Yeah. Yeah. In a hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> be lovely. No, really nice. Uh, if you're looking for that recipe, you can head to waitrose.com slash showchef. And you can find that recipe, or indeed all of Martha's recipes. You can also see how gorgeous and vibrant these wings look uh, at our socials, at Virgin Radio UK. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, tomorrow we're getting something cheesy. So tomorrow, we normally do sweet, but we're actually differing from tradition. Oh, yes. And we are having something savoury. We've got so many sweet things coming out for Christmas in the next couple of weeks that we thought we'd do a lovely vegetarian centrepiece. A vegetarian centerpiece. <laughs> you had me at centerpiece. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you very much. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Here comes Zoo Radio. Yes, here it is. Uh, lots of voices. I'm joined now by Daisy Haggard. Hello. And Patterson Joseph. Hello. Hey, hi guys. Hi. Hey. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like I'm, I'm badly angled for so many guests. It's like watching tennis. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Boat Story is the name of the show. It kicks off tomorrow night on BBC One at nine o'clock. Uh, all episodes, there are six, available then to watch on iPlayer. So uh, I don't know how much press you've been doing. Who's been doing the explaining? Who's been doing oh, the... I think it's Patterson's top. go. I think it's his go. The buck was passed <laughs> so quickly. This show is really about two innocents maybe one not so innocent, yeah. who find a boatload of illegal drugs, the powder, the white yes. powder, <laughs> the unmentionables, on a boat with two dead people. And so what they do is say, well, they're dead. Let's take it. And off they go. And then what ensues is a 
terrible carnage. I know. Um, it's sort of half funny, but also quite violent. Darkly uh, comic. Darkly yeah. comic is good. Because well, it is that thing, cause you can't even go, I remember this, in Ireland this happened, where a hundred million uh, euros worth of coke, and you, everyone kind of was down looking for it, and you did kind of, but what if you find it? Do you know how to sell cocaine? <laughs> I mean. You know, like, it might be worth a hundred million, but to who? T- the most terrifying thing in the world. I would not do it. That's I would. a chance, not a chance. And my palms are sweating even thinking about it. I would call the police immediately. That would be the end of the story. Be a really short drama. Yes, you and I were actually in it. It would be be a 15-minute short film with no ending. Yeah. Yeah. But this, so so who, where did it come from? Is it kind of based on, I mean, obviously not a true story, but it's based on that idea. Yeah, it's also the kooky minds of of Jack and Harry Williams, the writers of a thing I did years ago called Relic, Killer Spelt Backwards. So they're not easy, they don't ever do an easy, straightforward, linear drama so th- this is them yeah this is a, just a, a, a brilliantly I think a wild ride that they've uh, cooked up but yeah there are stories of this actually happening aren't there yeah there really <laughs> well. are and, and I don't know the, the cast is phenomenal obviously mm. the two of you lead it <laughs> but there's I mean so many famous so many. faces along the way yeah and so many brilliant people playing slightly different like, like slightly different parts it's, I, 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 yeah I feel really proud of this show yeah and everybody that they had they wanted to write for yeah so they've written specifically not necessarily things you've done before but thought, I think you could do this kind of part so it's sort of challenging it as yeah. well and Chucky, Chucky Cario is just a superb villain. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because it, 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 the, the drug finding has repercussions abroad. It takes us abroad. Oh, yes, it takes yeah. us into a dark underworld. <laughs> uh, the tailor. I mean... Le tailleur. Yeah. Le tailleur. Oui, oui, oui. And, uh, <laughs> because, we, I mean, I don't want to put people off because it is great. It is great. But it is kind of like, oh, that's quite... Yes. I didn't expect to see that. Yeah. Well, no, it's got it's 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 quite visceral and it's and it's so. um yeah. But, but it's visceral, not... nice word. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I don't know like... how to spell it. So <laughs> There's a C in it somewhere. <laughs> I think it's also witty. I mean, it's oh, quite no, it yeah. is funny, even though it is like, oh my gosh, that sad thing happened. There is a sort of wit to it, and I think that sort of saves it from being grim. Oh, no, yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's got like a, it's quite Fargo-esque. It's got this sort of a tongue in its cheek. It's got some gruesome moments. It's got sort of thriller moments. It's got loads of comedy. So it's, it's genuinely what I love about this show is that it is genuinely original. If you are sitting down thinking you're going to watch a sort of very typical sort of show, you're not going to have that. You're going to go on a ride and you're going to. I think you're going to have a great time. And do you know the best character in it is Yorkshire? Honestly, yeah. I, I've known a bit of Leeds and that's about it. But uh, we saw so much of beautiful Yorkshire. I mean, Halifax that I've never been to. Halifax just is loved. amazing. And that market. Do you remember going yeah, to that yeah, market? Yeah. I ate so many pies. <laughs> and then they showed me this street in the sky. Street in the which sky. Which is literally a street above the market that you can walk around. There are little houses up there. People used to live up there. I thought, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I never knew about it. So Yorkshire gets a really good play in this. Yeah. Very good. But in terms of tonally, as actors, because obviously as actors, you you know, you play the Truth of the scene. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. But uh, <laughs> some of us do. Like Graham. <laughs> he knows our work, Daisy. He's seen our work. He's seen but, through us. But, but, no, but, but in something like this, because the yeah. tone is so specific, you know, how do you approach it? Because you're not doing I comedy, think, you're not doing drama, you're doing something in but between. But I think that, you know, wow, wow, wow. I think you just play the truth of the scene. And then if it's written really well, which they do, it means that moment's this, that moment's that, and you just 
do it. You commit, do you know what I mean? For that particular yeah. scene, you do that. I mean, it took me a little while to get the doesn't... tone, I must say. And, I, and then I watched um, The Tourist and I thought, yeah. oh, I know exactly what's going on here. So it's absolutely serious, but there's also absurdity in okay. some of it too. Yeah. I'm babbling with <laughs> Daisy Haggard and Patterson Joseph. They star in A Boat Story, a big new comedy drama, a quirky comedy drama. Comedy thriller. Thriller. Yes, use the word thriller. I think, yeah. I think it's all the things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Twisty, turny. It's on at nine o'clock on BBC One and then it's all on iPlayer. We should say, Patterson Joseph, because I won't speak to you before, Wonka, is coming out before mm. Christmas and you're in it. This is the big Timothy Chalamet, uh, Hugh Grant, everybody's yeah, in it. I am so overjoyed. I do about one movie every 20 years. <laughs> uh, so this is a lovely, shiny one. Uh, Timmy, Timothy, is a Timmy. one that, sorry. Timmy. Timmy. I'm, wow. Timmy. Sorry. Timmy. Wow. I just slipped out. Well, here, here comes a sheep talk now. He was, <laughs> he was a delight. <laughs> and so we had months of it, which would have been quite tough if it was a, a horrible lead actor, but he was a delightful yeah. person to work with. And I also had Matt Bainton and Matt Lucas, who were with oh, me wow. as chocolatiers. So it's a really good, fun movie. And I've never sung in anything before, uh, thankfully for the public. But I do have a bit of a one, one number. But you obviously have a big part in this. Your name is up in lights. Arthur Slugworth is a nasty piece of work. So uh, I've got a whole generation of kids who are going to hate me for for no reason, except he does do horrible things. Uh, And so he tries to get rid of uh, Wonka, who comes to town to take over the chocolate industry. Am I right? This is an origin story for the Wonka we know. But like the Gene Wilder version, you know, that lovely one that I remember from being a kid. It's as if... Gene Wilder has just come to town and, hey, I can make some chocolate. So that's, okay. how, it, that's how it is. Right? Okay, that's Wonka coming up for Christmas. And, of course, we should say Daisy uh, Breeders is still yes, on. it's still on. It's still on Sky and, um, yeah, and it's uh, the final... I know. The final... Goodbye. Aww. It is, yeah. Until we do a Christmas special, probably. <laughs> 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 because for you it must be so strange because those the way that they the way you filmed it the kids would keep making these big leaps yes and then so that I, I had to be you know older and a, and a grandma in this one I was livid absolutely <laughs> livid I'm not there yet I'd like everyone to know that that was acting <laughs> but it must be weird for you and Martin to suddenly you know to do this familiar thing oh it's yeah. another series but you know you're acting with new people it's, it just got easier because we could swear more <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah, the little children. Yeah, the little off. children was yeah. just it was the substitute words got too too difficult. <laughs> yeah, and in terms of your own stuff, because yes. we all met you in Back to Life. Oh. Um, uh, are you still writing for yourself? I, I'm currently uh, trying to write. I'm not allowed to get any more rescue dogs. I have. <laughs> Or cook any more bolognese. I am trying to write a new show, which I I can't talk about yet because I haven't written it yet. But I am. That's what I'm. That's my big goal at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So don't let me get any more dogs. Any dogs homes. Do not give me a dog for six months. No more pamphlets. No more emails. (laughs) Is your algorithm just literally just dogs? Like rescue dogs with some sort of problem that no one else wants them. So yeah, just don't let me. Please don't let me. Well, that would be boats. Lots of boats. And while we're bigging uh, people up, we should say you too, uh, right, sir. I do write a little bit. I've tinkered with a novel, The Secret Diaries of Charles Ignatius Sancho, which came out uh, last year, but paperback uh, recently. And it's going all right. It's going all right. It's going really well. He's doing really well. Mm. So are you writing another one? Oh, I'm writing another one, but not a novel. It'll be something slightly different. 
Okay. And are getting a rescue dog together. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's our main goal. <laughs> and this story is, I feel, in the six episodes, that we're talking about boat story now, sorry, we'll yes. come back to that, uh, is, is told entirely. At the end, you're satisfied. Yes. You are. You yeah, are. But I mean, yeah. I think there's still room for the audience to go, I wonder what would have happened. Well, no, yeah. Yes. Well, no, I, I, I agree with you. that. So you, you, we could... Did you watch it all? Have you yes. watched it all? Ah. Yes. Mm. Well, I say, actually, I, 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 I watched like a donut. Right. Uh, there was a hole in the middle. Uh, I see. Because I, I didn't have time. I didn't have six hours. Right, yeah, so yeah. So I, yeah, I did that annoying did, did, thing. You did that one. Yeah, of just going, I'll watch this and then I'll watch that. Just and then look, I'm watching yeah. it all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was there are some gaps in my knowledge. There will be some gaps in your knowledge because the story is, you know. Is, no, there's one yeah. one big gap we'll in my knowledge. <laughs> the minute we stop talking, I'm going to be asking you about it. I'm going to send you home to watch the middle too. <laughs> But so we could revisit these characters. I mean, uh, I think I feel could. like it's written like a, it's that's not happening. But I mean, I think with anything, if it's good and those characters are interesting, they can always it. come. Possibilities are endless. Yeah, let's do the Jack and Harry. Yeah. Uh, well, listen. Good luck to you. Uh, Boat story. It is on tomorrow night at nine o'clock on BBC One, and of course you can get all episodes on iPlayer. Guys, thank you so much for coming in to see thank us. Thank you for having us. And, uh, I mean, look at look at outside. Good luck. Oh. I'm going to get back into bed. <laughs> <laughs> but you're writing. Uh, with, with my laptop. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening today. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.